So, just to let you know, I do this really weird thing almost uh, every day, um, where I make up my own rosary, which I know sounds strange, but uh, you actually can do that. Um, I was kind of shocked when I first found that out, but this monk who's really just, oh. I went and complained because somebody made up their own mysteries to the rosary, and this monk very holy said, no, that's exactly how the rosary started, and I felt like an idiot. And then this, actually he's a great theologian, um, he does it. So after that, what the heck, I started to do it. So I do it every day. Um, I know that sounds strange, but like for the Feast of the Transfiguration today, once again this morning, I made up my own rosary. And then so I just say a decade over it. And this sounds kind of strange, but my first decade for the Transfiguration was actually um, this sounds, praying that I'll be aware of the transfigurations that are going on uh, throughout history. Because think about this, transfiguration is, you have this guy, Jesus, who's so normal, maybe Christ, but he looked so ordinary, people couldn't pick him out. The soldiers had to have Judas betray him with a kiss because he looked so ordinary. But even though he looked ordinary, he was God. So in the transfiguration, they give, Jesus gives his disciples a glimpse of his true glory. And if you think about it, there's been so many saints throughout history who had the same thing. Um, look at like Thomas Merton. Thomas Merton wasn't even Catholic, and he's in his dorm at college, kind of living a wild life, um, no offense, but um, living this wild life, and he hears this voice that says, go to mass. And so he decides to start going to mass. And then it's like a year later, he's actually at mass, but in Cuba. And when the priest holds up the host, he said suddenly it became this sunburst that was blinding. And he believed in the real presence at that point. Then he becomes Catholic, this monk, and after years, um, of praying and celebrating the Eucharist one day in the corner of Fourth and Walnut in Louisville, um, suddenly gets this vision that, wow, Christ is living in other people. And people are walking around, burning as bright as the sun with the presence of the Holy Spirit in them. Once again, what looks ordinary, the Eucharist, bread and wine, actually is burning with the presence of Christ. Even those who are baptized, burning with the presence of Christ. So it's not like the transfiguration just happened 2,000 years ago. If you think about it, it's always happening. And to be honest, I was praying to Mary for her intercession to open up my eyes. And then it got me thinking, but then again, my second decade was, well, it's not like it hasn't happened to me. When I was a little kid at Mass, this kind of mystical thing happened during the Eucharist as well. It's kind of this transfiguration event where the glory of Christ shone through at Mass. And then when I was in Medjugorje, a uh, similar thing happened. Um, that hopefully for all of us, you've had these mystical experiences where, wow, the glory of Christ shone through in ordinary things. Or um, uh, the transfiguration for the third uh, decade, the transfiguration, it gives the disciples a glimpse of heaven, a glimpse of what Christ, the foretaste of the glory of Christ. 
So they go up on the mountain. Remember, the mountain happens on a mountain because heaven is pictured as a mountain of God. And a foretaste, Christ's glory, not only shows, but also Christ is the communion with all the saints in heaven. So you have the dead, Elijah and um, uh, Moses talking to Christ. And I think it's in Christ where, yeah, in heaven, all of us will be gathered together. United in Christ now, our lives will be transfigured to this complete unity. So kind of drives me up a wall when Protestants say, oh, you can't talk to the dead. Yeah, Christ is our communion with all those who have died. And so if heaven, the foretaste of heaven, like the first reading, is all people united together in Christ, why not just get a small taste of it now on earth? That's what the transfiguration gives. Or um, uh, uh, another mystery, and then I'll stop because I can go on forever, is, this sounds kind of strange. Notice when this transfiguration event happens, look at the effect of the apostles, where they're filled with awe, awe and wonder and fear. It sounds kind of strange. With all the transfiguration events that happen in my life, um, not just me personally, but at the Eucharist, why shouldn't I be caught up with the awe and uh, fear of God now? I kind of reject how modern Christianity, Christ is your buddy. Not that I don't think Christ is your buddy, but um, like Christ is just this, you know, just your buddy. Christ is this candy machine where you just ask and give and give and give. I think it lacks the awe and wonder of the presence of Christ. So like the transfiguration, I was praying to Mary to change my heart that always when I come upon the presence of Christ, whether in the Eucharist, start now and then forever in heaven, I'm always filled with wonder and awe. So my point being is that the transfiguration is not something that just happened 2,000 years ago. I pray that Mary, and I don't know if you know this, but on the first Saturday Masses, I switch in between um, intention for Mary, intention for pro-life, and uh, Knights of Columbus, because they need help, you know, they're wild. Um, this Mass is actually to the Virgin Mary, even though it's a transfiguration. And probably nobody knows this but Kathleen, but do you know what the month of August celebrates? Oh, thank God. So, like, I really am this month, I mean, I always say the rosary every day, but I hope the Immaculate Heart of Mary changes all our hearts, um, her intercession, that we can participate in a transfiguration now, see the presence of Christ, glory shining now, and prepares us for heaven when all of us will be united together. Hello, this is Father Len McMillan. I'd like to take a moment to thank you for listening to our podcast. If they've been a blessing to you, I'd also like to invite you to prayerfully discern supporting the podcast financially your generosity would help support the ongoing production and distribution of the podcast. If you'd like to make a donation, you can simply click the link in the podcast description. Be sure to tell us your donation is for the podcast in the comment section of the submission form. Again, thank you for your support as we seek to share the good news of the gospel. May God bless you for your generosity.